from the earliest days of uh, the internet and the use of technology as a teaching and learning tool, one of the one of the most prominent things has always been online discussions. When there was no uh, internet and only the World Wide Web, and things called news groups and discussion groups, they were all one-sided sorts of operations. A teacher would post a question, and then each of the students in the class would post a response or respond to another student's posting. But they were not um, interactive in the way they are today. What made the difference with interactivity in those kinds of things was the idea of, of flash technology. Flash technology enables people to exchange ideas back and forth in real time. Without, techno without flash technology, there would be no Facebook, there would be no Instagram, there would be no Twitter. All of those things depend on your ability to post something and everybody else who's your friend to read it or see it right away and to post a response and carry on a conversation like that. From my earliest days in using technology in the classroom, I always engaged in the use of discussion groups. I would post a question and then I would ask my students to respond to that question and encourage them to respond to each other. A lot of people thought about those kinds of things as not very productive because they didn't know how to read the words of the students. If you read carefully what a student writes online, you can hear the voice of the student. Of course, you need to work with the students a little bit, <clears throat> see what they look like, know a little bit about their background, and then you start to listen to what they have to say. A good parent can tell when something is bothering a child, not because the child says anything, but because the body language, the use of certain expressions, the look on the face tells a parent that there's something wrong or something good. It's the same thing online. You have to listen to the voice you have to read what the person is saying or writing and think about where they're coming from. Know a little bit about who they are. It all comes down to being an aware teacher, a teacher who knows his or her students. But these discussion groups are a lot of work. And that was one of the things I wanted to make sure I got across tonight that they are a lot of work because in a face-to-face -face classroom, even if you have a dozen students sitting around a table and having a conversation about something, some students will talk a lot and other students won't say anything at all. But when you're online, 
you have to be able to read something from each student and you have to encourage them to write something and to write something meaningful so that they're carrying on a conversation with each other. That means you have to listen to every voice. Some nights when I had discussion groups when I was teaching teacher education, there would be 20, 30, 40 postings in a night, and I would have to read them all. At the beginning, I found it difficult to respond to everybody because that's part of the secret of making it a productive learning tool. Responding to every student, dragging out of every student their ideas and helping them clarify what it is they're thinking about. And you have to do that one-on-one -on -one with one student at a time instead of in a group. So you are spending quality time one-on-one -on -one, whether that rather than quality time in front of a whole group and that's a huge difference i used to tell my students in teacher education programs that the difference between the way teachers taught when i went to school and the way teachers have to teach today when they have their own classrooms is that we have progressed from the sage on the stage to the now what did it the guide on the side sorry I had a senior moment to the guide on the side and when you're posting and reading and responding in a discussion thread you're being the guide on the side and you have to guide every student equally so that does take a lot of time the trick is to make sure that that's not the only way in which you're going to assess students. That's not the only way you're going to come to a decision about how much or how little they've learned. I always made the discussions 10 or 15% of a final mark, but then there were other things that they did on their own. I could give them assistance online, and then if I answered one question to one student, there could have been another four or five that had exactly the same question, and they read my answer, and that clarified things for them, like in a classroom. But the, the trick with teaching online, the trick with really teaching online is individualizing instruction and individualizing conversations. You can have, you can set up a, a conversation thread so that there are smaller groups talking to each other and you can see each of them and read what they're saying and not respond. You can pick and choose how you want to set those discussions up. But you must use the discussion threads because that forces the student to engage with the, with the uh, subject matter at hand. That forces them to think about what you're trying to get them to see and to understand. So in today's world, teaching online in, a, in an online setting 
and this is purely online. This is not, I'm not talking about blended where you see the kids sometimes and you read what they say online sometimes. If all you're ever going to have is hearing their voices by what they write, then you have to attend carefully to what they write. And that takes a lot of time. But over your experiences, it becomes easier because you can, certain students respond one way and other students respond another, and you can understand what you have to do to get the most out of them. It's not easy to go online. There are all kinds of questions. What kinds of assignments? How do I assess? How many is an ideal class size? And so forth. We can look at all of those individually, but in general, the most important thing to understand up here is that you are no longer the sage on the sage, uh, the sage on the stage delivering content and everybody's writing down what you say. You are the guide on the side. You have to know what you want them to know, be able to do and feel about a particular topic, but you move them in the direction you want them to go. Hopefully, there will be those that won't want to go in that direction and then you have to decide how you assess them. But there should be, and there usually are, those who want to go in the direction you lead them. And you have to know what knowledge you want them to acquire, what skills you want them to be able to perform, and what affects or feelings about the subject matter you want them to, to walk away with. It takes a lot of time to figure out what you want to do online, but once you figure that out, you're way to the races. The good thing is that you can use the same materials over and over again. Not entirely. You have to update them. You have to change them. You have to make things reflect new circumstances. But every year when I was teaching the same courses, I had the same composite assignment set and I would copy them from one year's directories to the next year's and then I would adapt them for the group I had. It kept me vital and it kept my material vital because I was working actively at being the guide on the side rather than the, stay, the sage on the stage. If you can get that right, you're away to the races. Night now.